Welcome to Prime Alpha's interview series, Insights from Industry Practitioners Discussing Their Journey and Their Discoveries. Hello, my name is Amanda Jogia, the CEO of Prime Alpha. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Maria Filipakis, who is a co-founder of Topside Group with us. Um, they provide strategic and regulatory advice to government and companies. She was the first executive deputy superintendent of the Capital Markets Division at the New York State Department of Financial Services. She also spearheaded the agency's cybersecurity initiatives. In addition, Maria oversaw the development and implementation of New York State's virtual currency regulatory framework and Governor Cuomo's Cybersecurity Advisory Board. Welcome, Maria. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much. It's fun to be doing this with you. For those who don't know, um, Maria and I have known each other for well over a decade. And I would say she is probably one of the most impressive people I've ever met. Uh, so this is very exciting for me. Thank you. Well, right <laughs> back at you. <laughs> Let's get started, Maria, and, and tell us about your career journey. Sure. So I'm a lawyer by training, and I spent about 17 years uh, of my career in the public sector uh, I started off at the New York State Attorney General's office under then Attorney General Elliot Spitzer and worked on a number of high profile investigations uh, in the Investor Protection Bureau, uh, everything from the early conflict of interests in the analyst world to uh, late trading and market timing in, in the uh, mutual fund industry. I stayed on uh, through the transition when our now governor, then Attorney General Andrew Cuomo came in and ultimately ran the Investor Protection Bureau. So uh, that, was, that was quite an honor. I transitioned from the AG's office and then went to go work at the, as a special counsel at the New York State Insurance Department right at the height of the financial crisis. So I like to say that was my uh, PhD on crisis management year. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I sort of thought that I would move on to the private sector, but that didn't happen because I got an incredible uh, offer. Ben Losky, who was the first superintendent of the New York State Department of Financial Services, reached out to me and asked if I would come join the uh, newly formed Department of Financial Services. Essentially, it was an agency that merged the old uh, banking department and the old uh, insurance department to kind of create this Uber agency and uh, asked whether or not I was joined as the, the first ever executive deputy superintendent. And so, uh, you know, he made an offer I couldn't refuse. And I'm so glad I didn't because I got the opportunity to work on some incredible matters. You, you mentioned some of them at the, at the start of the podcast, so I sort of won't go into excruciating detail, but I managed a staff of lawyers, investment specialists, anti-money laundering control examiners, cybersecurity examiners, et cetera, and got to do this for over 3,000 financial institutions. For all of your listeners who may not know, the Department of Financial Services in New York um, is a really uh, incredible a powerful and really unique agency in that it has jurisdiction over insurance companies, lots of different kinds of banks, payment processors, um, you sort of name it, it's fairly broad. And so I got to have this incredible experience there. And, and as you had mentioned, uh, spearheaded a number of initiatives, including drafting the first in the nation cybersecurity regulation and uh, overseeing the development and implementation of New York's um, crypto environment. Who knew at the time when we were working on these things that they'd be uh, sort of hotter than ever? You know, I would ask you to tell us some really interesting stories, but uh, I have a feeling you won't. 
uh, I have interesting stories and your feeling is right. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that pivotal point in which you decided to venture out on your own and start Topside. You know, what's that opportunity set you saw? Yeah, you know, I'd love to say this was the most incredibly well thought out plan, but uh, it really, it really wasn't. After I left uh, the uh, the Department of Financial Services, um, I joined this leading insurer called Global Atlantic as a managing director, and I led their uh, regulatory affairs and strategy team. And uh, while I was there, shortly I'd say thereafter, um, I would constantly get invitations to come speak at different roundtables and conferences and do keynotes on a number of these issues that I worked on at the department, especially things like AI, cybersecurity, cryptocurrency, that were suddenly hotter than ever, right? So in just this short time, we saw these topics uh, really maturing, getting more sophisticated, I think really becoming part of you know, the financial services marketplace, but also part of a dialogue in, in ways that um, not necessarily had been when I was first at the department. And so I couldn't obviously really do too much and help companies uh, because I was already working for one. Um, and when I decided to sort of move on, I formed a, a very small consulting company called uh, Philippakis Consulting. Amazingly, that name wasn't taken. And uh, <laughs> then it sort of started from there, what was really just supposed to be an intermediate step uh, in, in my career um, really became something I think a little more deeper and, and meaningful than I ever thought. Ultimately, uh, I joined with my former colleague from the uh, New York State Attorney General's office, uh, David Brown, who was also uh, head of the Investor Protection Bureau. Um, and we formed uh, what we call the Topside Group, and uh, it's been great ever since. How do you help your clients? Well, you know, we provide sort of typical answer. The thing that you can find on our website is that we provide strategic and, and regulatory advice to the public and private sector. We can do independent reviews uh, and assessments, help train senior management and boards, uh, on a whole host of issues, right? Everything from insurance questions to cybersecurity, the, the use of, of AI. Um, but what I would really say is, uh, you know, the experiences that my partner and I have collectively have made us um, incredibly, I think, knowledgeable and experienced out of the gate on a, on a whole host of issues, right? So if your issue is an immediate one, because there's an immediate problem, we can sort of help you through that. For more far-sighted clients, right, who are really interested in understanding and getting ahead of risks as they're continuously evolving and shifting, we can come in and advise senior management, advise a board, help build out a compliance framework, you know, train your team, um, do all of that and more. Um, we have found that sometimes we come in the first way, which is because there was an immediate problem and an immediate need, and then find that we kind of stay for more. So I, I'm excited because Maria is here because having a, a cybersecurity and crypto expert in her midst is super exciting. So I'm going to kind of transition into a little bit of conversation around cyber. So obviously, there's a lot of things that are happening and it's coming faster and faster. And with cyber threats, or what seems to be outpacing countermeasures, do you see that trend continuing? What are your thoughts on that? Yes, you know, 
look, unfortunately, there's sort of, you know, there, there, there's good and bad news here, right? You know, bad news is that's absolutely right. Cyber threats, cyber actors, they're coming hard and heavy. I mean, we sort of see it in the news every single day. We sort of continue to see that those threats are becoming um, more prevalent, um, kind of hitting across different industries and continue to evolve and be more sophisticated. That's uh, something that, that we always thought um, when I was at the department uh, back in, in the day. And, and the reason, one of the underlying reasons we thought that it was appropriate to um, have a regulation uh, to ensure at least that the uh, regulated entities in New York um, are continuously sort of monitoring um, and evolving, right? Uh, that's really important to be able to sort of meet these threats, right? Now, good news, if you want to say it, is that as these threats are evolving, I think is so is our understanding, at least much of our understanding of, of the intensity of this problem. And I think companies are um, really beginning to, if, if, if they not haven't already, so um, are, are also beginning to get, I think more sort of sophisticated um, in their both appreciation and in their in-house experience of issues like cybersecurity. Another topic that has also been really um, interesting is this attacking these hubs like software providers and cyber insurance companies. Um, what, can, what can we do around that? Yeah, you know, a lot of this, that's such a great question, Amanda. Um, a, a, a lot of that when you're talking about attacking hubs and, um, and attacking sort of insurers or others is it's, it's really uh, about sort of understanding a couple of things, right? Um, understanding where all the data is, right? Like, what is it that these threat actors are after? What are these hackers looking for? And so it's having kind of a deep understanding of what sort of data, right, that you as a, as a company are holding, right, and how is it protected? And also, what kind of data are you sharing? What are you receiving? What are you sharing? So it's really all about trying to understand what you've got in your own sort of, you know, digital perimeter, right? And, and how big that footprint is, is becoming. So as you're sort of evolving, expanding, acquiring, merging, what does that mean in terms of your digital footprint? Um, a lot of it, you know, back in the day when, and I, I sort of, I, I, I hate I'm becoming one of those person that always says back in the day, but when I was at the department, uh, we did three reports on the state of cybersecurity and obviously a lot has changed since then and a lot really hasn't, right? Uh, but we did these reports on the state of cybersecurity in the regulated entities. And there was one, and I still think they're on the website, DFS's website, one was on banking and one was on insurance, but there was a third one we did just to kind of highlight the very point that you're making that really focused on third-party service providers. And we took a fairly broad definition of what it meant to be a third-party service provider, right? It wasn't this kind of technical definition um, that was very, very narrow. Um, it really was uh, very much about who provides services to your institution in, in, in a broad capacity. And it really went to things like, um, you know, who has access to your system, to your networks, right? Um, who is receiving or sending information, um, there's, the list sort of goes on and on, um, but you are um, really, as an entity, only as good um, as how you sort of secure, right, 
the access that's being provided and the interactions between yourself and your third-party service providers. And that could be a lot of people, right? That could be your bank. That could be a payment processor. That could be an insurance company. It could also be an HVAC system. I mean, things are so much more evolved, I think, uh, you know, nowadays. And, and, and that's a tough one, right? That's a real tough one because that could even be the cloud, right? That could be where are you storing your data? So not all these questions are necessarily easily answered, um, but what's important to do is really understand the access all of these various players that you talked about have into your system, right? Like I said, again, who owns, who's accountable for the data that you're receiving and sharing. And then what are you doing about it, right? Are you, what do your contracts say? This is the sort of lawyer training in me. Um, are there audits that are being done? Um, do you understand if let's say you have a, a, a contractor or a subcontractor and they're breached, um, do they have to notify you? I mean, there's a whole host of questions uh, that can really sort of help you at, at least you know, at least get a better understanding and firmer grasp on the very issues that you talked about that are tough. What are you thinking about in cyber? What, what not necessarily keeps you up at night, but what's kind of the current thing that you're thinking about? That is always both an excellent question and a tough question to, to answer because, you know, it is, it is actually like everything. <laughs> and I find myself up at night. I find myself sort of really worried about the space, you know, and, and, and I sort of know enough people obviously in the space and have enough conversations all the time um, where, uh, you know, you've seen, as I said before, the, the developments that are happening in the space, but you also see the sort of the state of what's going on. Like I said, we kind of read in the papers every day um, and so there's, there's constant worry about just a whole host of different things, right? It really runs the gamut. So, you know, what are examples of things that I'm thinking about or worried? Well, you know, there's a part of me that gets worried that in spite of the fact uh, that, you know, you can read about what's happening in, in different industries pretty much every day, uh, the fact that you'd, you'd envision that this is um, on the... Uh, the top of the list and being identified as a top risk for a lot of companies, surprise, surprise, that's not always the case. And there are either those who think they've just done just enough, right, to, to feel comfortable um, or have become somewhat desensitized um, to these discussions. And, you know, that's a worry that I have, right? That, that there are just some that feel like, well, we've been, you know, hearing about cyber attacks for so many years now, you know, we've done enough or we're fine, you know, we've taken the precautions we, we need to. Um, and so that's sort of a concern. Um, you know, a real serious concern is, is obviously the sophistication of these attacks, especially because, you know, the, how we transact business, how we live our life, that's all increasingly online, right? Whether you're, you know, um, banking, um, how you're talking to friends and family, um, how you're buying crypto, you know, whatever it is, right? There's no slowdown there, right? And even how companies are marketing and trying to reach new audiences, that's all happening online. I mean, let's just even sort of think about the pandemic. We've now had um, over a year where how we are all uh, dealing with each other, talking to each other, right? Having meetings at different companies, 
um, is has all really been through Zoom meetings, through all sorts of other virtual meetings, and have been really online, right? And so the issue of kind of safeguarding those discussions, right? Um, you know, the systems have become, I think, front and center for me. Um, and I often wonder how companies are are really um, ranking those risks, how they're sort of prioritizing, how they're doing business, I think um, both this past year and, and going forward. And then of course, as we've seen, like I've said, uh, the attacks become more and more sophisticated. Uh, you start, you really kind of start reading about all the different ransomware out there. You start, you know, listening to and trying to understand how a number of these sort of viruses or whatnot are sort of embedded in the software. Right. And so you can have a really big bang on the hit. I think all of that is uh, incredibly significant and important and, and, and frightening. And, you know, what you sort of see now as the rhetoric kind of changes in the space is almost like in my mind, a sort of modern type of warfare, right, is what's kind of happening um, across nation states. Um, and, and that's alarming. <laughs> yeah, it's not just warfare. It's like jungle warfare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very much so, right? And, and so that's why it's just so incredibly important. Um, I think that we all, um, but that companies stay vigilant, you know, obviously having been at the department when I was um, and what we sort of currently do at the top side, there's sort of often a real focus on the financial systems. You're thinking about what's happening at banks and insurance companies and cryptocurrency companies. But, you know, cyber is like one of those risks, like, like, you know, like not many that really applies across all sort of critical sectors, right? When you sort of think about what happened to Colonial Pipeline and others, that, that's where the real concern is. Well, I think it's making sure that cyber remains a priority um, for all, for all companies, whether you're in financial services or not, uh, and that we continue to um, really uh, evolve, understand these risks, um, and do whatever we can to make sure that you are supporting, right, both manually, both through the appropriate software, both through budget, um, your, your teams that are looking into these issues, right? Um, when I hear at times companies, um, and I've seen some reports, and I don't want to sort of name anyone, obviously, um, but when I still understand that there are those who have not, or who will not list or include cybersecurity as one of their top risks, it's mind boggling to me. <laughs> okay. <I've> <laughs> Officially keeps me up at night. Mind boggling to you too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about what's exciting in cyber. So, so Prime Alpha being, you know, talking about investments, and and I think cyber is such a hot area. You know, what are you seeing? What are you, what are you getting excited about? Oh, you know, I, I there there are just so many new cool tools and software, right? Um, you know, I I get excited when people want to ask me a lot of questions about it. I get it, you know, like this is exciting to me what we're doing right now. I get I get excited when you start to realize that uh, internally um, this is uh, an important topic, um, and sort of people want to talk about it. They want to know they're trying to do as much as they can, and 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 often that can mean. Um, seeing not only a number of, of, of companies, private equity investing in new sort of software out there, right? I mean, that's a little bit of an interesting trend for Topside. We, we've gotten a number of, uh, of, uh, of companies out there um, who are either looking to make acquisitions 
or may often kind of ask us right about uh, technologies. And we try to stay fairly agnostic on the different technologies, right? It really has to be, I think, um, based on what you do and sort of business specific. But I, I will say the number of, of inquiries, the number of kind of private equity out there that wants to kind of invest in the space um, has really increased. Uh, and, and so that's been both kind of interesting and exciting, exciting to watch, right? We've got, you know, a number of, of questions around, you know, trying to understand different software and what they do and companies are doing. And you sort of see those that kind of came out a couple of years ago um, are really doing incredible. And, and there's a lot that's happening in the, um, uh, in the startup phase. Just to add sort of one note to that, I think what's also really interesting is a lot of startup, whether they're generally an insure tech or fintech, there's so many techs. I just want to make sure I, I don't leave anyone out. Um, so broadly, fintech as broad as possible, um, have had the real benefit in many instances of not having to deal with like legacy IT systems and things like that. And so I often find that when my partner and I are, are brought in to advise um, either, you know, on an acquisition or train a board or, or give our sort of regulatory advice on, on some issues or an approach a company is going to take, you know, when the discussion comes to cybersecurity and some of the IT systems, you'll sort of see a lot of these startup companies, and again, I don't want to make a broad statement about all, uh, but many have the benefit of being able to kind of start from scratch um, and, and cyber uh, is, you know, a front and center issue, right? They, they get to do it, you know, out of the gate. Um, and that's been really interesting and exciting, I think, for us to see. That's so interesting. So thank you so much for your time. And um, we'll drop Maria's contact information into this podcast. And um, I'm sure we'll have continued discussions around cyber and crypto. So stay tuned. Thanks, thank Maria. Come back. Thanks, Amanda.